Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it. We talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, we're talking to Cassandra Elizabeth founder, Cassandra Burrell. Hi, Cassandra. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I am so excited. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we know each other. I know your story. Excited that you're going to share it with the audience as well. And excited to have you be a part of our pop-up in Niagara on the Lake for the month of August that we're, that we're there for, the, for that month as well, which is very exciting. Um, and your line has, has been doing really well as well. So exciting to kind of get the backstory of the line now for everyone listening. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I know. I'm so excited about the pop-up. Honestly, I just need to say that Niagara needed this. <laughs> so I'm pumped that it's there and doing so well. Yeah. So I was just sharing with Cassandra before we started recording that we sold um, two of our items yesterday and what I didn't share. So there were two locals that came in and just literally wanted to like support the shop, loved what it was, like, loved the look, loved the feel, loved the concept of it. So yes, agreed. And that it feels very needed in the area. So excited to to be there for the month of August too. And then we'll see what beyond looks like. (laughs) That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. So why don't you start us off at, because again, I know a lot of your journey, you've been kind enough to be a part of different things that I've done in the past too, but I'd love for you to share kind of where you got started and then we can get into a little bit about the brand story as well. Yeah, for sure. So me personally, I have always been on the kind of designer train. Like I used to make dresses for women, uh, basically like people that went to university with me that had galas and stuff to go to. And I loved sewing So I did go to school for fashion design, but it was more like hands-on. Like it was a good, you know, five people in our class, very targeted to these people are going to construct garments. It was not like at all the business side. So very much for, I want to be a fashion designer, which was really cool. And I think gave me a lot of insight into really the time and energy that it takes to make a garment and you know, the behind the scenes part of it versus Mm -hmm. just the business side of starting a business. Mm -hmm. So that was really important because moving forward, when I stopped sewing everything myself and I started hiring people to sew it, 
I was looking for people like myself. Like I was hiring home sewers. I didn't even know about manufacturers, to be honest. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just hiring people who genuinely enjoyed. And then when I did start learning about manufacturers, I was instantly saddened by the whole the whole industry and would start exploring them in Canada. You know, there's even ones that are questionable around, around Canada. Um, sure. so it, it was just like a rabbit hole of information of how people are treated that make garments. And it led to my very sustainably ethically made clothing line that I have now. It's always been the same journey that I've been on, but I've just switched directions a little bit from, you know, not really caring about what fabrics I'm using and who's making it. Cause I didn't have the information to really caring about the sustainable, responsible, ethical side of, of the business. And it moved from women's wear to genderless. And that also just aids in the sustainable fashion. So yeah, that's where I am now. <laughs> I think that the interesting thing about your story, and maybe you can give some timelines to things, is that you were doing sustainable and genderless, I want to, I'm pretty sure, before like the the norms were, I guess, or the the masses were. So what did, what was that timeline of like, when did you go to school? What, like, what was the sequence of those events? Yeah. So I went to school in 2008. Um, I was doing very much just like whatever fabric I could get my hands on, whatever women's gala looks. Um, Around 2012, I'd say I started using more like sustainable fabrics, but not understanding why I was using them. I'd say 2014 is when I really started like educating myself on sustainability and who's making the clothing, um, how people are treated, that kind of thing. And the reason why I picked natural fibers is because they genuinely lasted longer. So I was making myself dresses for friends that would wear them and it would rip after like a couple wears. And I thought, it's not ripping in the seam where I sewed it. It's ripping in the fabric. Like, so that's Mm. kind of not the best quality fabric. So I found when I would use things like bamboo was my first ever fabric that I- And you still use a lot of bamboo too, right? Yeah. Same fabric from the same supplier that I used in 2014. It's great. Um, so when I started using those fibers, people had them for so much longer. Like I still have my items that I made in that I sewed myself in 2014. So I think oh, that's that- amazing. Oh my gosh. You're going on a decade with those pieces. Right. Yeah. Wow. So that like really says a lot about the um, natural fibers and that's what led me to the sustainability side in those. Um, and then with having home sewers and manufacturers and all that stuff was around the same time, 2014, that was just very like touching to me because I've sewed a lot. So mm-hmm. that led there. The genderless thing came after I educated myself a lot on sustainability. I find it was almost impossible to find a women's opaque t-shirt right? Mm-hmm. So I just, mm-hmm. all of them were see-through, especially white, like a white t-shirt for women. Yes. Yeah. And yep. so, so I was like, what is this? So I tried to make one and, um, I would personally go shopping for the men's t-shirts and buy them all the time for myself. So I took it as like a little challenge one day to make something that would fit both men and women and try and close that 
gap of like there is no women's playing cotton mm-hmm. t-shirt. like I don't know it was weird this is like 2014 2015 anyway mm-hmm. um so by 2016 I had made a genderless clothing line people hated it I was gonna ask like yeah. because I think we're talking present day and we're like yeah of course but like 2014 sustainability 2016 genderless like that was six years ago am I doing my math right and that's not, it wasn't like the norm. And I don't even think it's totally the norm now, but like, yeah, tell us a little bit about what the reaction was. It was crazy. So first of all, the sustainability thing, everyone came in. I had a little shop in Halifax in 2014 and I would try and educate. And now I'll only let people know if they ask about it, but I would try and educate about sustainability. And I got granola was the number one descriptor of my brand. Some new <laughs> granola linen. I wasn't, I didn't use linen until this year. This was first year. <laughs> so, like some granola linen flax brand opened in Halifax. And I was like, <laughs> like they literally pictured me running through a grass of or a field of wheat you know what I like mean like a I'm flower like, crown yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah so granola was the descriptor of the next three years of my brand um and then when I did genderless I got a lot of backlash like oh it's unisex like we've had unisex unisex is over you know and I'm like yeah it is unisex it's genderless like it's you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've upgraded our, our wording, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same and we have mm-hmm. had it. So what's wrong with that? I'm just continuing it. Everyone hated it. They just thought like, you know, men's bodies are different than women's bodies and whatever. Um, it's never going to fit the same. And I was like, well, that's the challenge for me is that I have to figure out a way to make it look good on both men and women. And absolutely none of my stuff is tailored for a reason that you're, you're correct in thinking, you know, like men's shoulders are wider and women's hips can be wider. Um, everyone's body is different. It's hard to get anything tailored, no matter right. you're still going to have an issue finding something that's tailored to fit you. So mm-hmm. it's another reason why a lot of my pieces are so oversized or looser and, um, yeah. So people really didn't grasp that concept. It even continued, um, once 2018 hit, I had the brand that I have now. Um, so it was very much like sustainable, genderless. This is the collection. And I added in like a seasonless element. So I, I then wanted to make things that you can have year round. So none of my clothing, you know, comes really winter in the winter and then really summer in the summer. You just layer it up when it's colder and on its own when it's um, cooler. And then that helps people feel as though they don't need to throw out clothing in a yeah. season, you know, so yeah. more, more sustainable that way. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause I feel like all the major, like I'm thinking luxury fashion brands anyway, like now have men and women walk down the runway in the same things now are like questioning what seasonality looks like. Right. And the sales cycle and all that. So like, it's, it's interesting how ahead of that you were, which begs the question, what do you think's next? I know. <laughs> no <right>? pressure. <laughs> Oh my God. I honestly, it wasn't even like I was sitting there thinking, Ooh, genderless clothing. That's going to be trendy. I never thought that for a second, you know, um, Mm -hmm. or seasonless. I just thought like all of these things aid in, in, um, slow fashion, but my vision 
my overall vision and all of these things play into it for the future. And I would love if everyone jumped on board this, um, is that, you know, when you walk into a store, you just go shopping for clothing and like, that's what it is. There shouldn't be any description of, you know, what do you sell in here? Whatever. If you like it, you buy it. And that's kind of my hope for the future. Um, Mm -hmm. right now what you have is segregated men's women's, um, teenager, 30 year olds, 70 plus sustainable, non-sustainable, you know, it's just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And what I would love to happen, even for these big box stores, you know, I want them to go away, but if they are sticking around, they are jumping on the genderless train. It would be so beautiful to just walk into a store and then not have to feel uncomfortable or like wonder who is this made for and just pick up a t-shirt and if you like it you buy it if you like it you like it yeah yeah oh I love that vision for the future yeah (laughs) you're you're making it all sound like fairly seamless but obviously I'm sure it wasn't and you mentioned your store in Halifax I know you've had some other retail locations what were some of like the challenges on this journey like what were your top top two to three challenges that you sort of faced in getting to where you are today um okay I think the biggest one is that I did it completely backwards of what would be typical so normally I guess I like doing that in all aspects but normally (laughs) what would happen or at least I found in my experience is that people would start with you know an online store and then do little pop-ups here and there like the one that's happening with you in Niagara do some wholesale maybe and then once they're really established open a store so what I did is before I even had a website I opened a store (laughs) (laughs) it it was not like not a long commitment and it was in Halifax Nova Scotia which is great so and I'm from there so I had like a lot of support anyway so I I went the store route and then I figured it out as I went along if I could go back I think I would start the online route first Um, I didn't realize how many steps there were involved like um, of building an audience like a, a clientele reliable clientele this has been this is my fifth year as like a corporation like registered business and I think now I can see um, like how the wheels are turning and that I maybe could have done this 10 years ago, mm. but that's okay. That was number one. Number two, I think is hiring people. I think it's really important to hire people who are better than you are at what you're hiring them for. So mm-hmm. what I typically do, because I've had um, a lot of students come to me asking if they, if I had internships and stuff, and I want to help everyone. Like I really do want to help, but what was happening is I would hire someone that I would then have to teach and like train and whatever. And that's good, but I'm still building a business. Like this is a startup. What I needed to do and what I'm doing going forward is, you know, if I need help with marketing, I need to hire someone who's knows more about it and can teach me than I can teach them. You know what I mean? So that's a great lesson. And I feel like is even registering with me a little bit yeah. Um, because yeah, you, it's like wanting to give opportunities, but then also there's only, cause we haven't even really talked about the fact like the entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur too. Right. And like all the different hats that that requires. Um, so I love both of those. Yeah. And as speaking of all the different hats, like kind of goes hand in hand with hiring people. This was a really like tough pill for me to swallow. But if you do, someone told me maybe like five years ago, if you do everything, everything mediocre, then you do nothing great. 
So I'm a designer, but I do marketing and client outreach and design and planning and hiring and opening stores and doing the website and e-com and whatever, photography, like I did it all. So nothing really stuck out. Everything was mediocre, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So really focus on what you're good at and then hire people who are really good at the things that you're not really good at. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned on contract work too, right? Like that's a way to kind of like test out how how you work together as well. And and if it's a good fit from that perspective, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who can I, add a little bit more kind of into the entrepreneur side, like what was your best hire? Like what uh, area did you need to kind of look at the most and need the <laughs> What area did you need the most help with? So actually it's still ongoing. Um, I think marketing is the most important, but me, at, as I'm sure you've put together now, I like in-person things so I like stores I like brick and mortar I like pop-up shops I that's my thing you know fashion shows in person where you get to actually interact with your clients Mm -hmm. even you know if I have clients in Vancouver and I go to Vancouver some of them I'll reach out to and say you know I'd love to meet you've been such a big supporter let's go for coffee like I love the in-person yeah marketing for me is a bit like (laughs) you just well you're doing um I guess more like one-on-one you're actually doing like clientele in a more intimate way that will like, I would imagine last, uh, create more longevity in your customers. Totally. Yeah. Especially like when we talk about the digital marketing side, like I feel like there's so much 
and you and I, I think have talked about this before too. There's so much like out there, right. And there's so much content out there. So like the designer that's going to meet me for coffee is going to stay in my memory a lot longer than the ads that I'm being, you know, thrown at constantly online. So I don't know, maybe you're doing, maybe that's the next, maybe you've identified the next trend. (laughs) I mean, I don't totally recommend it. (laughs) You're exhausted. (laughs) No, it's really fun. Honestly, I do love it. I think loyal um, clientele is a lot more valuable than one time we'll never see them again. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to simple things like returns, you know, I've had less than five returns in six years. Like I'm Oh my gosh. Sometimes someone wants to return something because there's such a loyal back and forth about it. And this is from my website. You know, other websites sell my stuff. Maybe they have returns. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but from me personally, and what will typically happen is they might tell me, you know, six months down the road, oh, something about this happened or, you know, where can I get this repaired or whatever it is. And I'll say, oh, just return it. It's fine. I'll give you. And they're like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Because these are the types of like loyal interactions. You know what I mean? And I'll yeah. be like, oh, next time in Vancouver, I'll buy you a coffee. And like, yeah. I'll bring them, usually I'll ship them something new anyway. Like I already have their address, but I think building that kind of relationship is really, really important. And word of mouth is amazing. I think another thing someone told me that also stuck in my mind is that people don't remember good reviews. They only remember bad reviews. So if you have 10,000 amazing five-star, could not be better, good reviews, and you have one bad review, I can guarantee you what they do is filter it. They find the one star, they read the one star, and that's the one that they remember. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's important to keep the... Keep, keep the, the good and, and plentiful. Yeah. yeah, it's a good... Um, it's. I feel like something that, you know, we've talked a little bit about the shop too. It's something interesting having an in-person store and seeing like the local customer versus the the visiting customer. And you're right. Like that, that visiting customer is great. They come in, they purchase, but you're probably never going to see them again. And so, you know, back of my mind is always like, I love when the two women came in yesterday that bought some of your pieces that they were, they're local. They were, one of them was in before and saw it, you know, and came back and, those are just kind of like, that's what you need to sustain a business really. Like, you know, that, that kind of, and, and to bring their, like she brought her friend this time, right. It's kind of this classic example of, of what you're talking about. So it's just in practice. Yeah, exactly. And I think it translates online as well. You know, if you're shopping online, you might go to the store 10, 12 times and then finally make a purchase but then what's going to happen immediately after you're going to tell your friend about that store and then they're going to go. So even though it's not directly in-person foot traffic, brick and mortar, it's still the same online. Mm -hmm. How do you, on that note of shopping, so you've done everything from bricks and mortar to pop-ups to now e-com, I'm sure, you know, pushed along by COVID. When we think a little bit about, you know, how people are shopping, what comes to mind for you now? Like, what do you think people are gravitating towards? Yes. So I actually watched a whole webinar about post-pandemic shopping and it can, it is an entirely separate um, podcast for sure for you. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to give me this webinar later. (laughs) I will. I will for sure. Um, But personally, I think 
that people are taking a little bit of a step back. I can see the difference in um, the sustainability world, really asking questions and um, being presented with options that aren't sustainable, but maybe marketed that way. They're really stepping up and asking you know, is this true? Um, mm. Transparency is key. So I can see people buying a little bit less and better. So buy mm. less, buy better, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, use quality over quantity. I do think that this could be the start of the end for the big, big, big fashion hauls that people are doing, the fast fashion industry. Hopefully, anyway, that's what I'm thinking. So I can see people getting more into this social aspect of going into a store um, and not so much the aspect of just burning through money and not even realizing, you know, yeah, you might've gotten a thousand items for a thousand dollars, but you're never going to wear them. And that's a thousand dollars that you could have used to go on a trip or something. I think people Mm -hmm. are valuing these smaller boutiques, more educating about sustainability and wanting to, to get that social aspect back into their life of actually going into a store and not feeling pressured to buy anything, but just have that experience of having like an outing with a friend or family, mm-hmm. um, something like that. So that's where I can see it going. I do think that this is the start of the decline of the fast fashion and um, boutiques will be on the rise, which is great. Um, so yeah, maybe that's just me being hopeful. But no, I, I kind of, I, I not kind of, I do agree. Cause I think there's like a few things that come to mind for me on that is I think we're all, I shouldn't say all, but I'll just relate it to myself. Maybe I know I'm buying less and I'm willing, I could also be at a stage in my life now that I'm able to pay more than I was in my twenties. Right. So maybe I'm, I am buying less and to your point, buying those more quality pieces that I know I'm going to wear. Right. And I know also from a then how I shop perspective, I find those, the fast fashion websites or apps or, you know, whatever they might be extremely overwhelming and like bombarded by choice. And in a world where we're already like bombarded, it, it's not a pleasurable experience for me often. Like it actually sometimes creates anxiety. Like what did I miss something? Did I right? And so not to say that about all online shopping, but I do find maybe it's just the apps that I'm, that I've downloaded from time to time, but I find that overwhelming, the online endlessness of it, where I would prefer, and whether this is online or physical, we can, I can talk about that in a second, but like, I prefer like an edited down, like I prefer to find a boutique or find a store or find a website that feels like me, that I can relate to, like, that would be my that would be, you know, how you said you're like perfect, you know, brand world. My perfect shopping world would be a place that I could consistently go that would have new things and new things for me to discover. Like I find right now shopping in person, there's a lot of the same things and I'll use this, not maybe totally similar example, but was on vacation, was at an outlet mall, one of those massive outlet malls and every store we went into, I'm like, this literally all feels the same. Like it didn't feel like anything was special or different. So I definitely want to see things that um, are new to me and discover things. I think discovery is a big piece of that and discovering brands. Um, But I also very much want to like, I feel like I'm also at a stage in my life where I want the hand of a fabric, which I think is why your line does really well. Like I, I want it to feel nice on my skin. Like I don't want to wear anything uncomfortable. And I think 
probably a lot of us coming out of COVID because we've been in comfort for so long. Like, and I've had this conversation with friends, like we're not like jumping back into heels. Like we're not like wearing the uncomfortable top that like we would have maybe worn to dinner in the past just because we thought it was on trend or looked good. Again, that could be age. That could be COVID. I don't know. That could be a mix of both. Right. Um, but I do think that, I don't know if you're seeing similar things when you speak to people that are wearing your clothing or friends, et cetera, but that's kind of what I'm noticing. Yeah, absolutely. And as I go to clients' homes as well, um, sometimes I do styling with them. I'll let them know, you know, everything is one step more casual. And that was a big part that they were talking about in this webinar as well, is that they're, they're for like big businesses, you know, like um, three piece suit with tie kind of business or pencil skirt, button down heels kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Everything is one step more casual. So whereas people might've been wearing the three piece suit with the tie, maybe now they're just losing the jacket and mm -hmm. where women would have had to wear, you know, like a pencil skirt to feel comfortable on heels maybe now they're wearing like pants and heels um everything just like one step more and business casual is the new norm so mm -hmm. whereas maybe it was fridays before right lot, right like, fridays were business casual i've obviously never worked a nine to five because <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i think fridays were casual I'm not sure <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've been told Fridays are business casual. Now it's just business casual or like business smart or something, you know, along those Yeah, lines. I've heard business smart before too. Yeah. yeah and so people are really struggling with what does that mean? Because that in 2019 meant something totally different than it means now. And so there's mm -hmm. this middle ground that I love. This is where I live, you know, in that middle ground of you can dress it up and you can dress it down. Totally. And that's where we're, where we're at. And that also aids in slow fashion and having your items, you know, getting cost per wear because you are wearing them all the time to work. Mm -hmm lounge to go out you know and there's ways that you can pair them so I'm so happy that that's the way but it is yeah well I get I'm <laughs> glad that the webinar validated us too <laughs> yeah, absolutely. what other what else can you teach us in the next few minutes before we sign off <laughs> any other learnings oh just <laughs> educate go go learn everything I guess you know ask questions actually one one thing I will say is that if people are going in person to brick and mortar, um, that you are allowed to ask questions. <laughs> so mm. um, I don't know if any of your customers have asked you anything, but people more and more. I, yeah. And I find, you know, and I don't even know that it's direct. I think what you're saying is direct questions about how things are made. Some people, yes, have, and you're always an easy one to identify, to, to tell a story about your brand. But also I think people want to know the story behind the brand very much so. And like that, at not only like the shopping local, but who's making it, what's a little background. And so it's been really important for the team that's in the store to be able to tell some of those stories. And it doesn't have to be a long story. Like at this point, I think we've all developed like our one or two liners about like each brand just to share enough that someone can get a little insight in. And if they want to look and learn more, you know, scan the QR code and read more about the brand and go to their website. Right. So I find that that's, um, and have even had like some vendors 
come back to me and say one of the floral vendor met, I guess someone had come in the shop and we're like, oh, we recognize you from the store. Like they told us all about you and da, 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 like recognize the brand. And I'm like, that's great that that memory is like staying with the customer. And also like, you know, when we think of stores, we've always thought to like sell commercially, but I do think we're all and starting to think of them just more as marketing opportunities too, right? Like big luxury brands have started doing that. Like experiences within the stores are happening all the time. Like that's really important that, that it's also just like a, a get to know you too, right? And and to give some get in get in front of the customers a little bit as well. So it's equal, I think, now marketing and sit maybe not equal, but the brands that get it couldn't realize that it's equal marketing and sales. Right. Um, yes. so thank you. You just nailed it about the store experience. Like, um, everyone will say, Oh, everything is online now. There's so stupid to open up brick and mortar because everyone went online and it is true. COVID pushed us like five years in the future. You know, everyone is shopping online, but it doesn't mean that retail stores have closed. It means the way that they're opening is different. So yeah. like goodbye to the fast fashion era, hopefully. And the experience that you get from going into the store, like what I was saying earlier about making it social, um, the experience of having like an event or the vendor is there that you get to meet or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. want to do. It's more interactive. It's just a different way of shopping in person. I don't think mm-hmm. that brick and mortar is going anywhere. I think if anything, it's going to be even more like people will want to go even more, but the experience will be different and better. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we solved it. We solved retail. We heard your right. brand story. What a productive day so far. <laughs> It's always so fun to chat with you. Can you let everyone know where they can find out more about Cassandra Elizabeth? Yeah. So it's just shopcassandraelizabeth.com and same on my socials. It is just at shopcassandraelizabeth. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cassandra, so much for being here with us today. And we also have brand profiles and more information up about the brand and yourself up on the site at style.ca. So people can check that out there as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 